Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Good morning. This is the Gospel for Life. I'm Pastor Phil Moran, and I'm here in the studio uh, with Pastor Russ Herman and Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen. And uh, we're talking today about books that have influenced our life and ministry over the years. We each came up with a top 10 list, but uh, over the last couple of days, we've been ranging far and wide. So we may get to those lists, and we may not. Uh, But we do hope we'll mention some books uh, that you would think about going out and and picking up uh, or ordering uh, over the internet uh, for the encouragement of your Christian journey. Uh, so do one of you guys want to start start us out with one of the books on your well, list? Well, yesterday you were mentioning uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, The Cost of Discipleship, and a, a large section of that book deals with the Sermon on the Mount. And as I was, uh, you know, before I came in the studio this morning, I, I just started grabbing some books off my, my shelf, and one of them was um, um, the book by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, Studies on the Sermon on the Mount. These are exposition sermons that that he preached, and you know, one of the interesting things about um, Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones, he had been a physician, so he had a very analytical mind, and he was able to, you know, he, you know, in in the in in the physician world, you know, he have to determine what it was not as well as what it was, and this is how he approached, uh, you know, the exposition of his uh, scripture. And so, as I was always on on scripture and life, and he draws out uh, the Lord's teaching on the character of the Christian and the Christian life. Uh, as we're talking about the gospel for life, this is a particularly good book in terms of this is what the Christian character is in that Christian life. Um, when I pulled it off the shelf, I realized how long ago I'd read it and, and how important it was to me. I, I've got my name in the front of the book, and it says 1979. Uh, so this would have been uh, four years after I graduated from high school that I was reading this book, and it um, before it, it before occupied, Josh Bales was alive. I yeah, before Josh Bales are yeah yeah was alive exactly. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm out of high school four years, and this was this was a very important book. It, it occupied that five foot bookshelf in my home for a very long time till it till that five foot bookshelf wrapped the yeah. office. Yeah. <laughs> I also had one on my list. Number seven on my list was Martin Lloyd Jones, Spiritual Depression, and um, that was on my. I've got to read this book list for a long time. I finally read it this year, and it's once again a compilation of just some of his sermons, but. I just appreciate Lloyd Jones. Um, I've also read his Sermon on the Mount, but just his way of bringing the gospel into the practicalities of life—that he applies it so pastorally, um, but so uh, authentically—it's—it's—he it's, knows it's, people. Yeah, it's pure exposition, and and as he does that, you know, what we realize is. Men are the same. It doesn't matter what generation we lived in. 
the men are the same. We have the same uh, worries and fears and um, inclinations of our heart. And uh, so he brings that out in the exposition of the word. You would think that there might be a larger section of application, but it's actually the the penetrating gaze of the of the the of the preacher that preaches right into your soul when you when he when he preaches. And he he influenced so many people. He influenced guys like J.I. Packer and other John uh, Stott. Yeah, all these. Uh, and Other I don't think he ever wrote a book. Is it, am I correct in that? I think all of his works are compilations of talks right. or sermons. I, I do think he he did some editing of his yes. uh, of his messages for books, but he, that wasn't his primary focus. He wasn't right. he wasn't a book writer. But people, you know, they recorded his sermons, and uh, you can even still listen to sermons by him and hear that power in his in his uh, voice. He, yeah. You you can hear him speak, and and you realize this was an incredibly gifted man. Oftentimes, people refer him as the last of the Puritans in one sense. He actually right. embodied some of that Puritan uh, spirit of uh, you know uh, the of the Christian. These are things that are true for the Christian, but also this is what you know, well, this is what the life uh, lived out of a Christian looks like. Right. There's a you great know, doc. Oh, well, I was just going to jump in here and say. And this is happening throughout this conversation about books, that every time one of you guys mentions a book, it'll pop into my mind that, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I read that years ago, too. And uh, David Martin Lloyd-Jones on spiritual depression, and, and I think it was mm-hmm. under under a title, Joy Unspeakable. Well, th- there's no, another, that's another, that's one. another that a, one. Okay, that's yeah. a different, different one. Okay, I'm getting confused. But his sermons on spiritual depression were huge for me as a young Christian because I had somehow picked up, and I think a lot of young Christians picked this up, uh, and and I don't think, and, and I want to be fair to my the teachers that I had when I was a young Christian. I don't think any of them were telling me that you become a Christian and you'll just be immediately and instantly and forever happy, mm-hmm. and you'll never be discouraged and you'll never suffer depression. And I don't think any of my teachers were saying that, but somehow I had picked it up. Mm-hmm. That I'm a Christian, so therefore I should never be discouraged. I should never be unhappy. I should never be depressed. And uh, it was in reading uh, David Martin Lloyd Jones in his sermons on spiritual depression that I recognized, oh, okay, I'm I'm not the only one dealing with this. There's and, just a realism there that's yes, that's wonderful. It go, it, yeah, and that mm-hmm. the depression and discouragement go with the territory of being human, and and some perhaps more prone to it than others. But I think it's so helpful because he identifies the problem, but also gives you practical insights on how to move from where you are to where you ought to be. And that's what I I found so helpful. And as as a physician, he also knew that there were physical things that happened to you. So there were, he addressed things both physically and spiritually, you know, so, so, um, you know, he would begin there, you know, of course, uh, you know, if you, your your mother probably did those same things, you need plenty of rest. You need to eat well. You need to do those. He knew he knew that right. kind of uh, that. Oftentimes, you can actually put yourself into that depression at, because of some of the physical things that are going right. on. And right. so, he would first 
uh, he would address both at the same time. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote another book uh, on healing in the scriptures, which was really not, not so much a, you know, here, pray this prayer and, and you'll be healed. It was how these two things interrelate, our, our spiritual life, the life of the soul, and also um, you know, our physical uh, life as well. Before we move on from Lloyd-Jones, I just want to mention that there is a great um, documentary called Logic on Fire right. um, that if you have opportunity, I think it's actually on Amazon Prime, yes. um, that you can watch. Um, and it's just different ministers talking about the life and ministry and some of Lloyd-Jones's children talking about the, the, the person and the, the ministry of Lloyd-Jones. It's excellent. What, what you get out of that is the the breadth of how many people he's influenced throughout mm-hmm. the world in yep. his life. His, his you know, you could actually go on Amazon and pick up any book by Lloyd Jones, and you would be blessed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take us into a different genre. Um, on my number ten spot is three three books, one slot. I know cheating, but it's still what it is. Um, but it, they're all related. C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, The Lord of the Rings, and mm-hmm. L.B. Graham wrote a series called Binding the Blade. That's a more recent series. But all three of these um, Christian fantasy um, series, um, and I thoroughly love the imagery, um, the theology that permeates the book, um, just the way that they capture some profound spiritual truths in a make-believe world um, has influenced me. I mm-hmm. often think in terms of... of Characters and events that Lewis or Tolkien or L.B. Graham created um, that interact with these spiritual truths and reality. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I had uh, I, I had J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, Lord of the Rings, on my supplementary list of because uh, I put uh, Christian books in my top ten, and then and then I have uh, made a, also made a supplementary list of some secular works that have influenced me, and of course uh, Tolkien. Uh, was a Christian, uh, but uh, it, 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 the Lord of the Rings is uh, n- none of none of his fantasy works are overtly Christian. But uh, I read uh, Lord of the Rings as a young man. I, I believe I was a freshman uh, at college when mm-hmm. I first read Lord of the Rings. Uh, that would have been 1970, the fall of 1974, and. Uh, I, I think I, I think every every young person well and every young person should read that trilogy and every jaded old person should read we, that because what it did as a, as a young man it inspired me to devote my life to something worthy you know the, it's all about this mission of uh, you know Frodo and his and his friends uh, ultimately destroying this you know this ring of power. And uh, what's inspiring about it is that they devote themselves to this difficult but worthy and ultimately inspiring mission. Um, And there's something about the human person I think God built into us that every one of us wants to devote ourselves to a worthy cause that's greater than ourselves. And, of course, ultimately that cause is the kingdom of God. And, and that's what we were built for. That's what we were designed for. That's what God is calling us into. Now, Lord of the Rings is not about the kingdom of God. The ring is not the cross. Um, but what that story did was inspire my heart to hunger for that 
um, and, and to see it more deeply in the cross of Christ and in, in the service of God's kingdom. So, Well, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, and there were several others, they, they referred to themselves as the Inklings, and uh, they yes. had they had a gr- group, and I don't know which one of them uh, said it, or but or maybe this is just a paraphrase. But uh, the, what came out of that was every good story is a gospel story. Yes. There's a there's a there's a there's a sense you know we're we're the gospel for life. Every good story is a gospel story. There's a sense in which you, you look at a situation, it's down and out. There's uh, no hope. There's you know, and then. Redemption comes. There's something that happens. Uh, the, the the deliverer arrives. There's and so we we have this gospel story kind of played out in life or in fantasy, and and that's part of the inspiration of these things. Uh, you know, I you know I like to watch old film, but you know, oftentimes you know you're watching a '60s film and you realize uh, when you got to the end that was really depressing. There was no there was no gospel in that. That's why they're uh-huh. not shown anymore. You know, you uh-huh. got to watch them on TCM or something. There's yeah. there, there's no there's no redemptive quality in the end. And what we find in C.S. Lewis or Tolkien or some even J.K. Chesterton or uh, some of those is that redemptive quality that that wonderful story uh, that of deliverance mm-hmm. and and all those stories pointing to the gospel whether they know it or not they're and, illustrative and, and, of it yes I was just going to say that there are, um, is a great story that comes out of the Inklings that Jonathan was talking about that I can't remember which Inkling died, but I believe it was C.S. Lewis that had talked about the fact that with the passing of that one, he thought that he would have more of J.R.R. Tolkien um, because there would be one less person to share. And then what he discovered was he actually had less of Tolkien right? because this other member of the Inklings brought something out of Tolkien that he couldn't do. And it was just a wonderful insight into human um, personality, human interaction, and and the sense of what it means to truly live in community. That when you well, really... that's what we get here, and when we four get together, we enjoy each other's company. Um, you bring something out of Phil that uh, I don't bring out of Phil or Josh. You know, we we're missing Josh today, and it's the same thing. Uh, we don't get more of ourselves. We actually get something less because there, there's that, um, there's that uh, inner um, communication that's going on all around the table. Yep, amen. You've been listening to The Gospel for Life. Uh, please join us again tomorrow morning.